The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. And on Sunday, the 9th of October, you're very welcome to Talk Sport here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. We may not have brought you live commentaries. We did bring you some live reports, obviously, after the matches today and at halftime, which we're now allowed to do. But we have a big roundup of matches at the weekend, and we had plenty of great hurling. The weather was tough today for all the hurlers, the under-15 hurlers as well. So we'll have reports this evening on Shamrock's Ballyhale versus Tullerone. We'll also talk to uh, about Dainsport and the Roaring Steag, Thomastown and Carrick Shock, and the junior hurling games... Wangap and Dixborough, Braxton Whites and Piltown. We have minor hurling, St. Lactons and Emeralds. Under 15 semi-finals, A, B and C. We have all those. Some camogie results. No horse racing this evening. Max Verstappen wins the Formula 1 title in Suzuki in Japan. We'll have the local Kikini soccer, cross-channel soccer. Young Kelly O'Rourke is feeling a bit down this evening. Arsenal are winning 2-1 at half-time. We'll have a tough draw for Ireland in the Euros uh, 20, 2024 soccer. It doesn't get any easier for the poop boys in green. But anyway, that's, uh, that's just the way it is. And uh, we'll just kill off that team now and we'll get straight into our programme. We have a big crowd here in the uh, studio this evening and uh, we're uh, going to go through all our match reports. And we start, of course, with the uh, senior game between Shamrocks, Ballyhale and uh, Tullerone. That took place in UPMC Nolan Park yesterday and the winner would qualify to meet James Stevens in the county final. Patrice, he was our man on the spot in UPMC Nolan Park yesterday. Yes, uh, Shamrocks uh, 124 and Tullerone 120. Eight minutes into the second half, the game was evenly poised. 17 points to Shamrocks, 112 to Tullerone. TJ Reid moved menacingly towards uh, the Tullerone goal. He faked a shot, took an extra few steps just to make sure, but Paul Buggy was equal to the task. Uh, the ball broke out, Joey Cudahy run it, and uh, he uh, passed to Colin Fenley, who shot to the net, putting Shamrocks five points up and they never looked like relinquishing that lead from there to the end. The first half thought both sides weigh in with a flurry of points at different stages and uh, eight points each by the 20th minute. Mossy Keown gold then for Tullerone and but Shamrocks responded with the next four points TJ Reid two frees and uh, uh, the other one from Owen Cody and another from Evan Shefflin 13 points to 110 at half time the teams level five times in the first half and once more early in the second half Joey Holden Dara Corcoran Evan Shefflin were excellent Colin Fenley and Owen Cody and TJ leading the charge as Joey Cody he made a big presence off the bench Tullerone well they died with their boots on and Podrick Walsh was immense. Shane Walsh always threatening, scored some great points, as did Dylan Simpson and Bill Gaffney. But Shamrock's ability to manage the game and take points when needed most proved crucial. Five in the row beckons. Yeah, thanks for that, Pat. After the game, and after the game, uh, well done, Pat. After the game, uh, Barry caught up with the Community Radio Kilkenny City, Kansas Credit Union man of the match, Evan Shefflin. You're going for the five in the row. It's there now for you. Yeah, look, there's no point um, like pretending it's not there, you know. Uh, we've known about it since the start of the year and um, the four in a row has been done before by the, the lads passed down before us, so 
I think it's it's more to get one up on them now more than anything, I suppose. It's always been the way in Ballyhill. The, lad, the older lads are always saying how much better they were than us. So we've all, that's, <laughs> of course. That's, that's, that's the way it is around here, you know. We kind of have to... Peer rivalry. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's how it is, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. There's lads, lads there with multiple All-Irelands, club and county. So yeah. we look up to them and we try and be better than them. And, you know, that's, that's what drives us really. And look, as you said, five in a row, we're absolutely delighted to be there. Tullerone, always going to be a tough task, wasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely, and we knew that from you know once to go over Clara, we knew exactly what they'd bring. You know, they, there's no point saying otherwise. They destroyed us in the league. They did actually. You know. Canada, yeah, battle, absolutely. They, you know, they really, really put sore that day, and I, I think we learned a lot from that as well. So, um, in a way, it was great to get that game because you know we were kind of we were falling through the league. We were getting getting wins that we probably shouldn't have been getting. And, uh, you know, that really kind of gave us a, a good kick when we needed it, and um, it really drove us on. And in, and, and in hurling, and in Shamrock's tradition, you won't never talk about the opposition. Opposition, You talk traditionally about what you can do and what you are going to do. It's going to be a big ask. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but we the players to do it, you know. You look at those six forwards, and, like, that's that's inter-county forward yeah, line, you know. So sure, absolutely. Like, some lads have been there, they've done it all, TJ, Colin, and then you have the lads, you know, the younger lads, Owen, Adrian, Joe Hoodie, Niall Shortall, Owen Keneally, like, I could go on, the amount of, of quality forwards we have, so, the players are there, we just need to knuckle down now for the rest of the week, and uh, bring on next Sunday. You have a lovely form of, you've, you've got a lovely form of, you, you know, you're going awfully well, and you've arrived at where yeah. you ex- exactly want to yeah. be at this time of the year. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Whether it's what we want to do, you know, obviously to start a league, you want to win as many games as you possibly can, you know, and I think there's a perception around Kilkenny that we don't look at the league as seriously as we'd like, but we do, you know, and, and like, you know, we have a lot of lads in Kilkenny and they have a tough year and so we give them a break for a while and it gives it gives the the lads on the fringes chance sure. to improve and that's, like, at the end of the day, that's that's what we need. Like, we need a panel of 50, 25 lads who can actually properly hurl at senior level. There's no point having 15 fantastic that's lads. True. If you can't bring on five subs that are good enough to play on a club team, I mean, you're not really at a whole lot. St. Canis' Credit Junior Senior Hurling semi-final man of the match. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks, Barry. And the best of good luck in the final. Thanks very much. Thanks. Yeah, that was our Barry talking to the um, Community Radical Kenny City, St. Canis' Credit Union man of the match, Evan Shefflin. And we'll also have the man of the match next Sunday in UPMC in Alden Park between James Stevens and uh, Shamrock's Valley. And I should say, by the way, that uh, just a little bit of a faux pas on our side, but Luke Murphy was the man of the match in the Dixborough versus James Stevens recent county semi-final. And so Luke uh, picked up his award from our own Liam Kelly O'Rourke on behalf of both the sponsors in Kansas Credit Union and Community Radio Kilkenny City. Well, it was a miserable damn day down in UPMC in Alden Park today. The weather was very unkind to the four teams, although uh, maybe it was times in the second match which was probably a little bit worse but it was tough going hard to control the ball and all of that but that didn't stop our own uh, Barry Henriquez from keeping an eye on matters and telling us how it went in the first match Yeah, thanks Be- Nicky it's just as well Nicky we have young lads like Lee Kelly O'Rourke around the place to pick up on what old men the mistakes that old men make but anyway this intermediate match won 15 to 12 points it ended up in favour of the uh, Dan's Fortman. This was again, this was certainly contrary to public opinion because the row were kind of highly fancied. It was very, very difficult to, to um, a very difficult day to hurl. Uh, the, to, the game in the first half was certainly dominated by the free takers. Like of the uh, eight points that Dan's Fort got, two, one of them came from play. Uh, Richie Hogan got. Uh, 
six frees and I think his brother Paddy got another at eight frees in the first half. They led eight points to five. Hurling was absolutely a, a, a lottery. The ball was like a bar of sunlight soap if you remember sunlight soap but be that as it may they did their level best but uh, in the first half it looked to me as if the Roar NST looked like eventual winners but fair steam to the Dan Fortman and I said here to ye lads last week I said any team with a Richie, Powell, a Richie Hogan on the team and back him up with a Paul Murphy and a Paddy Hogan you have to give him a chance you have to give him respect and that's the way it ended out Richie Hogan had a very very good game he did exactly what Dan Fort needed of him he directed operations he was their leader and uh, he got a few very very important frees it was tight enough all the way to the about the 41st minute and then uh, and the the, uh, the Dinsport broker on a sub and what a sub he turned out to be Jake Cullen was his name he wasn't on the ball he wasn't on the field he wasn't on the field uh, 10 seconds or 20 seconds when he got grabbed the ball and he put it to the back of the net and with that went the roar in his sea chances of winning getting into the county final it left the score of 110 to 8 points Jack Bruton I love this lad every time I've seen uh, James Ford I think he, this guy is a real fine for James Ford he added a point to make it 111 that's 14 points to 8 6 points between the sides and from there to the end there was only going to be one winner James Ford comfortable winners I was disappointed with the roar in his uh, a lot of the forwards just didn't measure up weren't up for the fight and at the end of the day it was the James Ford men that earned the right to go to Kilkenny and Michael Ling Motors County Intermediate Final and I tell you something it would be a, a, a foolish man that would bet the family silver on the outcome of, the, of that county final uh, thanks for that uh, 115 uh, 12 points thank you Barry now we'll, we'll get to talk to Pat maybe later on we'll just keep going to our reports after the mad game, game Barry was down talking to the man of the match at Dan's fourth corner back Dara O'Neill he picked up the Michael Ling Motors Community Radical Kenny City man of the match this is what Dara had to say to our Barry after the game Dara O'Neill Michael Ling Motors man of the match we might make a better job with this time <laughs> that was a tough game yeah, very tough game. Hard to win. Tough conditions. Every time in final, you want to win it, but coming up against a roar, a big team like that, you have to dig deep, and that's all we had to do. Mm. Yeah, it was a real team effort. Yeah. From start to finish. There was great cohesion out in that team field. After luck, we all pulled together. That condition, you kind of have to use the hand pass more so and running off the shoulder. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And you had your leaders all over, the, all over the field. I know you're only a young man, but like the likes, when you have a team that has Richie Hogan and Paul Murphy on it, you have a hell of a chance. How we do, yeah, and sure. And everyone big else, Paddy in the goal. Big Paddy in the goal, and sure. We have everyone else all coming around us. That's the main thing, is that sure. Half back lane, full back lane, we all pull together. It's been a long, hard campaign, though, hasn't it, Darren? Ah, sure it is, yeah. Started back, I don't know how many, eight weeks ago now, but look, one more match to go. That's it. County final, uh, you don't care who you get. No, Thomas Owen, Carrick Shaw, doesn't make a difference. Doesn't still make it. They still have to be. They'll have to be beaten to win it. That's it, yeah. Doesn't matter. So you train now, I suppose, for the next couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, get back to the pitch on Tuesday night, Friday night, Sunday morning, go again, keep going. That's all you can do. Dara, O'Neill, man of the match. That was Dara, and after the game, also Barry picked up with the uh, Danes Fort manager, Niall Bergen. Niall Bergen, uh, mission accomplished. In style. Well, it's look, mission accomplished anyway, Barry. Um, style is hard. It's hard to know about style with the, with the weather the way it was. Terrible, Conditions yeah. were very, very difficult. But look, the lads rolled up their sleeves. They got stuck in. And um, they work fierce hard. And look, we're just delighted to get over the line, to be honest with you. 
you have some great leaders on that feed, not least of which are your two county men, and they lead by example, don't they? And it's great to have lads like that on the team. Uh, you know, Paddy, you know what Yeah, look, look, the, the, the Hogan's there, and then obviously Paul as well, and look, they're, they're, they're outstanding leaders, and uh, they're great men, great men as well, and uh, they really inspire the younger lads in the club, and uh, I think that, 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 that really shone through there today as well, and delighted for the younger players as well, because um, I suppose the... The lads that we mentioned maybe had their little bit of success back in back the years, but the lads that came of age there today as well, which is great. Niall, I'm suggesting this, and I do not mean to be anyway disingenuous, but it must give you great pleasure indeed, a man from another club, outside the club altogether, to see them coming this far. Are you enjoying it? Absolutely, look, I'm really enjoying it, to be honest with you, Barry. Um, Look, they're probably, probably in the job eight, nine, ten weeks now at this stage, but uh, look, really enjoying it. Uh, they're a great bunch of fellas. They give you everything they have. They're honest out, and uh, you can't ask for a whole lot more. And uh, look, just, just really, really pleased for the players. They really rallied together there, roll up the sleeves, as I said, and, uh, and, and drove it on there today. I mean, you had ambitious coming in. You didn't know what you were letting yourself in for. You knew a little bit about this for mm. but their character, their character shone out there today, didn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Look, we say that. Look, obviously, you have to work hard. It's a cliche and all the rest, but um, you, that gives you the platform to go and hurl. Sure. And in fairness, the lads did that. Uh, even at halftime, we're only three points up, hurling with the wind. And mm. I'm sure people are looking and thinking, you know, God, it could be under pressure here. But in the second half, again, they went at it and went at it and went at it. And, and that, that honesty really, really shone true in the end. You wouldn't have been everybody's selection as winners. No, agreed. That wouldn't matter. Wouldn't interfere with your team. all. Didn't matter a bit. Didn't matter a bit. Um, look, we played Roar and Steeg in the fourth round of the league. Bet them by a point. We ended up with, with 14 men for 25 minutes. And, uh, you know, people probably forgot that in many ways. And I know that Roar and Steeg had a big fill-up there with, uh, with Dara Jice coming back. And we were missing Paddy Hickey, who was a huge loss there as well. Sure. A great, another great chap. But... Um, Look, as I said, we went about our business, went about our business the right way, um, kept the heads down, kept working, and that game against Connie last week really stood to us, really stood to us um, for 45 minutes as a nip and tuck, um, or 50 minutes even, and uh, we scored the last one five of the game to finish really strongly, and you know what, we finished strongly again today, so that, that's really pleasing. You're in the county final. We're in the county final, where we want to be, and uh, looking forward to two weeks' time. Niall Bergen, congratulations. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks a million, Barry. Yeah, that was the Dale Sport manager, Niall Bergen. Well done to them. Uh, Barry Henriks, you want to make an announcement? This is his, an historic announcement, OK? For the first time ever on GAA Europe, uh, Luxembourg played Amsterdam in the All-European Hurling Final. I was, I was the, watching the score there t- on okay, Twitter And they morning. were beaten by one point, right? And for... Uh, as a matter of interest for Kilkenny listeners, three of the mem- three members of the Luxembourg team were David Henriquez, James Tyrrell, Jackie's brother, right. and James Lennon from Bridge. And they were beaten by a point. If they'd won, they were coming over to take uh, play the Wicklow Club Champions in the next round of the Leinster Club. Leinster Club. Yeah. There you go. Well, don't say listeners, we don't bring the news. The European <laughs> GA hurling championships played this morning. If you want it, uh, we'll have it here. And I'd say, Nicky, they're all listening to it in Luxembourg. They probably are. Your lad is probably listening to it anyway. Yeah. Okay, we went on to the second match in UPMC London Park, and that rain milled down at the start of that second half. And uh, Carrick Shock. Well, they were going great guns, but then. And it started to go wrong, Pat Tracy. 
Yeah, after 45 minutes, uh, Thomastown won 14, Carrick Shock won 10. After 45 minutes, this game was in the melting pot. Carrick Shock had just netted from Owen O'Neill and they led 110 to 10 points. But crucially, Thomastown got the goal back uh, from Jack Holden within a, a couple of minutes and nudged ahead a minute later with a pointed free from Robbie Donnelly, 111 to 110. Further points then, uh, two frees from Robbie Donnelly, John Donnelly and adding another. And uh, they went... Uh, four points clear. Carrick Shock failed to score in the closing quarter. Three wides for the Shocks as they tried to rescue the game proved costly. Carrick Shock started well with uh, Jake O'Dwyer and Owen O'Neill pointing. Thomastown took over. John Donnelly hit two. Robbie Donnelly uh, pointed a three, uh, two frees and one from play. Brian Staunton weighed in with another six points to three then they led. But Carrick Shock uh, closed the half the better team. They swamped the middle of the field and uh, they got uh, four pointed frees from Owen O'Neill as uh, Robbie Donnelly pointed for Thomastown. Seven points apiece at half time. Carry Shock having played into the wind. Carry Shock went toe to toe with Thomastown uh, with John Cal, John Power, uh, the Evergreen Michael Rice, Kevin Farrell and Owen O'Neill bringing the fight to the favourites. Thomastown were given a thorough examination today. They survived Richard O'Hara pe- peerless in defence with Peter MacDonald solid at centre back. John Donnelly was everywhere with Robbie Donnelly adding the points and Jack Holden always a goal t- always a threat there on the edge of the square and got his goal Thomastown uh, move into another county finalist favourites this contest will stand to them in the final Thomastown winning 114th carry shocks 110 thanks for that Pat we'll chat about that later after the game uh, Barry picked up with man of the match uh, Michael E. Motors Community Red Kilkenny City man of the match Robbie Donnelly Robbie Donnelly that was no walk in the park. That no. took a lot of winning. I did. Tough, tough condition there today. Yeah. Strong winds, rain, yeah. hard playing, but uh, we dug deep and we fought it out. You did. Got the result in the end. Took you a long time to put them away. Yeah. Had tough, they were tough sight, no. Uh, but we just kept grinding and kept digging it in and go over the lane. It's county final time now in two weeks' time. Yeah, hopefully. we put the head down up for the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. go again, look forward to it. Conditions were very, very tough. Yeah. For both sides, though. Both sides, yeah. First half, especially. Yeah. Rain, heavy, kind of rain easy off there in the second half but the pitch was a bit, a bit sticky as well so yeah. it was hard hard condition yeah, sure yeah. enough that's this time of year it's this time of the year yeah uh, I mean uh, and, uh, it was a, a good final a good semi-final win though, it was great to get over yeah yeah. Uh, semi-finals are there to be won so. and, and your free taking was exemplary I don't know about today well everybody said it was brilliant uh, Robbie sure. Donnelly's free taking was a difference at the end of the day uh, I sure just have to keep topping them over that's the thing you have to keep topping them over yeah. Robbie Donnelly congratulations thanks good to be uh, man of the match for uh, sponsored by Michael Ling Motors and we wish you all the luck in the world Lovely. in the county final thanks right thanks Robbie Okay, well done to Robbie Donnelly and also uh, Barry picked up with uh, Thomastown manager Noel Doherty. Noel Doherty, that was a game that took an awful lot of winning. That show, you had to show a lot of character to win that one, Noel. Yeah, yeah, um, we did. That Today came down to work rate, it came down to control aggression. It came down to grinding it out. Mm. It did. Mm. It, the elements weren't, you know, they simply weren't conducive to a good game of hurling or a, a free-flowing game of hurling that we'd all like to see. But semi-finals are there for, to be won, you know, um, and we had to grind that out. And very happy with the performance, the team performance. And and if the ideal preparation for a county final was a tough, hard game, you got every inch of it today from Carrick Shock. 
We did, we they did. Carry shock died in their boots today. Yeah, they gave it, they gave it everything, the true everything that is, as you'd expect from such a team. You know, there's a great, great tradition there with the shocks, and 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 we were expecting it, and they brought it. And to be fair to them, they brought it. They played well. Um, yeah, just delighted to get over them, really. You know. Yeah, you used the league well, Noel. Yeah, we used the league well. We played. Like we had, we had 29 different players uh, got a run in the league, yeah. and it was for us to try and we're trying to build a team, obviously. Um, but also, we need a panel. You need, you saw what the, yeah. you know, the bit of a lift that the boys that came off the bench today gave us, and, and that's hugely important. So, like, yeah, you're in the final. An awful lot of teams in that uh, intermediate grade are not in the final. You're in it. You're in it to win it. It's not going to be easy either. Certainly not. Certainly not. No, we're under no illusions. You know, this is only another step along the way. Um, we've got to keep focused. There's a big challenge ahead of us. Dane's Fort are a serious outfit. We got to watch most of the game before our game. They came through a serious challenge here again today, uh, taking down, you know, a hotly fancied Roaring Steak team. So we're under no illusions here. Um, you know, we've it all to do, you know, to, to, to be close to, to Dane's Fort on the day, you know. Well, Doherty, we wish you well. Get to it. Thanks for talking. Thanks very much, Barry. Okay, that was Noel Doherty talking to our own Barry Henriquez after the game. And uh, before we go to our first break, just some uh, hockey results in the Leinster um, Ladies uh, Division 11. Port Ranforce 1, Kilkenny 3rds 2. The Division 8, Kilkenny Ladies 2nds uh, 9, Monkstown 6, 0. And the Ladies Division 1, uh, Glenan Force 2, Kilkenny first one. Kilkenny obviously finding it going a little bit tougher in the division now as they were after getting uh, they've been having a great run the last couple of years. We'll take a break and be back with the junior after this. The voice of the black and amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM for top class sport. And you're very welcome back to TalkSport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. And we're going to the Junior Championship now. The first game yesterday in UPMC Nolan Park saw Dixborough successful to the Junior B section take on Wine Gap. And that game was watched for us by Paddy Kelly. Dixborough and Wine Gap in the JJ Premier Junior Hurling Championship semi-final in, in Nolan Park on Saturday afternoon in perfect conditions and served up a thriller of a match with Wine Gap being victorious after extra time and a penalty shootout. The final score of full-time was a draw, 116 to Dixbridge to Winegap's 19 points, and after extra time, the match ended up Dixbridge 221 to Winegap 124. Winegap opened the score with a Jack Doyle point, with a super point from an acute angle in the first minute. Boris Sean Marrell responded in the second minute, and a Martin Gaffney free gave Dixbridge a lead of two points to one after three minutes. Winegap, Winegap responded with the next three points with scorers James Power, a Jack Doyle free, and a good point from play by Niall Walsh. Score now Winegap four points to Dixbridge two points. Dixbridge Sean Maher tagged on another point from play to narrow the lead. Winegap then scored a 3-0 points with two from James Power and one from back Jack Dial, all from play, with a Martin Gaffney point from a free sandwich in between. Dixbridge's Killian Hackett scored a point from the 17th minute from play and another couple of Martin Gaffney frees in the, four, in the 21st and 24th minute left the scores at seven points each. Then it was all Winegap for the remainder of the half. James Cullerton with a point from play, followed by four points from Jack Dial, two from play and two from frees. And Dixborough's only response was a Martin Gaffney free to leave the score at half-time. Dixborough 8 points, Winegap 12 points. The second half started cagey enough from both sides, with the game being held up due to an injury to a Winegap player. Dixborough's Joe Sheen opened the score for Dixborough on the 40th minute on the clock, but Winegap came back when number 19, Adam O'Shea, who was on for Michael Power from the start of the match, put an over a point being, despite being under intense pressure from the Borough backs. 
a Jack Doyle free and a trio of well-taken points from Winegap's captain Emmett Landy all from play put Winegap up by 7 points at 46 minutes on the clock Winegap 16 points Dixbert 9 points Martin Gaffney tagged on a free in the 49th minute to keep them in touch and another Martin Gaffney free looked to be going wide but it was kept in play and corner forward Aaron Murphy pounced and drove the slitter into the back of the net the borough was back in the game Borough won 10 Winegap 16 points Winegap responded immediately when number 10 Niall Walsh drove the slitter over the bar to extend, gap, to extend Winegap's lead. But the borough with points from Martin Gaffney with two frees and sub Davy Ryan narrowed the gap. Lively forward James Powered pushed the Winegap's lead out to two points with an excellent point from play, but some needless fouling gave the borough a lifeline. And sub Davy Ryan popped over the two points from frees with Martin, Martin Gaffney being withdrawn due to an injury, leaving the score a full time Dixbury 116, Winegap 19 points. Extra time resumed with Dixbury started. The quickest out of the blocks were the Killian Hackett point from play, and also Dixborough sub Matthew Kelleher tagged on a long range point uh, for the Borough. So it was 118 uh, Dixborough, one gap, 19 points. One gap came back in at the Borough with points from Emmett Landy, James Power, and James Collerton to edge one gap just in front. But a well taken, but a well worked ball into the one gap goal mount area wasn't dealt with, and Borough forward Aaron Murphy slotted in a second goal to put the Borough back in control. Also, points by Matthew Keller and Davy Ryan gave Dixborough a lead of 2.20 to Winegap's 22 points at the, peri- at the first period of extra time. In the second period of extra time, Winegap came back with points from Jack Doyle and James Power to narrow the gap to two points. Killian, Dixborough's Killian Hackett gave the Borough a three-point lead with two minutes to go. And in the dying seconds of the game, with Winegap chasing the game, with the ball in around the Dixborough goal mode area, Referee Morris Flynn had judged to have spotted a foul in the Dixborough penalty area and warded a one gap a penalty, which gave them a lifeline to level the match. Come at the arrow, come at the man, as they say, and one gap's captain Emmett Landy stood up and drove the penalty pass and outstretched Brayman Oak in the Dixborough goal into the back of the net to level the game 221 to one gap 124. Play resumed, but Morris, referee Morris Flynn blew the whistle to end the game. Down to penalties now, and with Winegap being the more clinical in dispatching of the penalties, they ran out winners on a scoreline of four penalties to two penalties in their favour. Winegap will now contest the junior final against the Blacks and Whites, who succeeded in the other junior semi-final. Thank you very much, Paddy. Well, after the game, we picked up uh, on the JJ Cabin and Sons Man of the Match uh, with Barry. He chatted to uh, Emmett Landy. I was so sorry, this one I think was Kieran Muldowney. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Emmett Landy from Winegap into the county final. Good feeling. Yeah, good feeling. Um, we left the layup, but sure, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Might as well get there harder. Uh, a game that swung every which way, both ways. You were on top for a while, Dixborough were on top for a while, uh, but you stayed at it. Yeah, just about. Dixborough were a very good team. Just they ran us right to the wire. We could never pin them down, but we probably relaxed a bit too much and uh, they, they got back in us. But, you know, we showed a big character to come back. And, of course, penalties a very difficult way to solve a match. Uh, were the nerves jangling? No, we full fit, no on Cody in the goal, brilliant goalkeeper, five boys, brilliant, so I have no, no confidence in everyone. And a country final to look forward to now, Emmett? Yeah, looking forward to now, first time we've been there in a while, so we'll relish this one. Good man, well done. Thanks very much. And Kieran also met up with the Wine Gap manager, Pat Robinson. Pat Robinson, Wine Gap manager, has the heart settled yet, Pat? No, I don't think so. I, I don't know, I, it's just, I don't know how to say, unbelievable stuff there, um, I couldn't write it, um, just, just shows, I suppose, that county finals aren't easy to get ten. Just went right down to the wire, couldn't have gone any further, you know. So, um, you know, Dixborough, obviously, we knew how good they were. They're young, fast team. We're preparing ourselves in the he- in the heads all week. Um, they hit us hard in the second half, and uh, you know, I suppose you could have left it there and be dead and buried, but we just had to keep plugging away. 
couple of subs made a difference and just managed to get it to extra time and managed to get it into penalties and yeah it's unbelievable and as manager you must be very proud of the way that your lads stayed at it because uh, in extra time uh, it got very difficult especially after the second goal there was a good gap in it but they stayed at it yeah look it's just um, yeah first year down there you know, today is our 99th time together as a team, as a group, you know, not to mention the number of gym sessions we've done their own and recovery sessions. Um, but I suppose when you have that consistency, lads turning up every night and out of that 99, nearly everyone was there. Like, and it just builds character. I mean, we had great games along the way, tests ourselves against Callan. It was a big derby one for us. Um, we kind of set the ball rolling. And then Ballaragut was a, a huge one for us because we hadn't won a first round in Wine Gap for, for years and years um, I think it was 2013 someone told me so to win that was a, a big thing for us and then look Tuller had given us a bit of a lesson in the league championship and we learnt an awful lot from it we really put our heads down came up with a plan and just the lads went with the plan tooth and nail they followed every bit of it and same here again just just character all over again uh, yeah it's just building building all year you know that's it and a county final to look forward to now Pat I know you haven't given it a second's thought just yet no. but for Wine Gap uh, this must be a tremendous feeling to be looking forward to a county final ah, it's just just unbelievable like that and just it's like people that are down there from that from that area like I went to school with a lot of them in secondary school and just know they're just honest hard working people and you see that in the lads just the way they've been brought up and all their parents you know just craving a bit of success and I'm just lucky enough to be here when it's happened you know that's it Congratulations Pat well done Thanks thanks Kieran All right. Well done to Pat Robinson there and Wine Gap and they're in the county final and it's a, a real junior county final it's Wine Gap and the Blacks and Whites we wish them both well now we go on to the second game and that was Piltown and the Blacks and Whites and our Kieran Maldowney was really on overtime for us yesterday here's his match report JJ Kavanagh and Sons Junior Hurling Championship semi-final. The Blacks and Whites 316, Piltown 121. A storming last five minutes during the, which they scored two goals and a point saw the men from Skokvashteen advance to this year's Junior Hurling final. Piltown got off to an excellent start and led by three points to no score after five minutes. The scores coming from Keane Kinsella, Martin Power and the excellent Ronan Ryan from a free. Ryan Murphy and Jamie Byrne did reply well for the Blacks and Whites and after seven minutes it was three points to two. Piltown were to rue two missed penalties in the first half, the first of which came in the ninth minute when Kevin Welch's shot grazed the post and went wide. Crow Maloney, who was operating as a spare man in the Blacks and Whites defence, landed the first of his two monster points in the tenth minute, both of which came from under 100 yards. Ronan Ryan did reply to both of these with one excellent score from play and another from a free. And after 13 minutes, it was Piltown who led six points to four. The second missed penalty came shortly after that. A brilliant save in the Blacks and Whites goal by Keelan O'Grady from Ronan Ryan's shot after Michael O'Dwyer had been fouled. Robbie Ryan, Ronan Ryan was continuously accurate from freeze and indeed from play and Robbie Tobin too scored for Piltown as they extended their lead out to 8 points to 4 after 18 minutes having recovered well from missing the two penalties. However, Blacks and Whites then received a tonic as young Senan Doyle picked up the ball in the corner of the field took on his man in along the end line before creating an angle to shoot to the net. Piltown 8 points, Blacks and Whites 1-4 after 20 minutes. 
In fairness to Piltown, they again recovered well with the excellent Rowan and Ryan scoring again from play and from freeze. But all the while, blacks and whites were growing into the game. Paul Murphy and Martin Kelly responded to these scores. And just as we edged towards half-time, uh, Piltown had a great score from wing-back Braden Wheeler. But Gjok replied again. Ryan Murphy with a free and excellent Sam Byrne playing a corner forward. They get two points and at halftime we were all square. Blacks and Whites 1-8, Piltown 11 points. The Blacks and Whites by start of the second half meaning business. Two Ryan Murphy frees put them two points in front, one ten to 11 points. But then Billy O'Callaghan got an excellent kick goal for Piltown to put them back in front, one eleven to one ten. Senan Doyle and Jamie Byrne scored points for Schock. But all the while, Piltown were hurling well and Ian Long broke forward from midfield to point. Substitute Robbie Cullerton also pointed and the lead had changed hands yet again. Piltown won 13, Blacks and Whites won 12 after 42 minutes. Jamie Byrne for Blacks and Whites and Ronan Ryan with a free for Piltown. Swap scores. But then Piltown uh, had a good period. Alan Kinsella and Ronan Ryan free saw them lead by 117 to one thirteen after 47 minutes. Again, the teams traded scores. Ryan Murphy with a score from play and one from a free for Blacks and Whites. But Aaron Kinsella and Ronan Ryan again added to his tally and, Black- and Piltown still had their four-point lead. one nineteen to one fifteen with seven minutes to go. They further added to this with two more scores, Billy O'Callaghan and again Aaron Kinsella. And it looked like the Piltown men's day with five minutes to go as they led by six points. 121 to 115. Substitute Jason Byrne then got a goal for our Blacks and Whites as he followed in a saved shot and finished to the net. And shortly after, brilliant work in the corner forward position by Sam Byrne, he floated a lovely ball across and substitute Aaron Foley, who advanced from wing back, finished to the net from 14 yards out. We were all square, four minutes to, into injury time. Blacks and Whites 3.15, Piltown 1.21. But the excitement wasn't done there. As man of the match, Jamie Byrne for, for Blacks and Whites, who had moved into full forward, got out first to the ball and turned onto his right-hand side from 21 yards and put the ball over the bar for a famous winning score. The final score, the Blacks and Whites 3.16, Piltown 1.21. And after the game, Kieran spoke to the man of the match, the JJ Cavan and Sons man of the match from the Blacks and Whites, Jamie Byrne. Jamie Byrne, Blacks and Whites man of the match. Uh, well done. Uh, you must be very excited after that victory. Yeah, Kieran, Jesus. It wasn't looking good there with around 12 to go. I think we were six down. But look, it's been an attribute of us all year that we keep going till the end. As you know yourselves, we never give up on not till the final whistle. Look, it's the first time in a long time since ourselves have had a big panel. You know, able to bring on subs and you see it there, Aaron Foley come on to score on that goal there at the very end. So, look, not on one yet. Going up, hurling well as well. So we look forward to the final now in two weeks. And it was a game that swung both ways at different times, Jamie. But you stayed at it right till the end. Yeah, and look, as I was saying there earlier, it's an attribute of ours that we keep going till the very end. Um, look, you know, it's great. Semi-finals are for winning. And look, we look ahead now to the to the final two weeks buying after would be a serious challenge they're probably the best forwards and junior and up there with intermediate as well so look it would be a good battle between us anyways we'll put the heads down now for the next two weeks well enjoy the final Jamie and congratulations on today's win well done appreciate that Kieran. have a good run alright thanks and uh, Kieran also spoke to the Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally Eddie Scally manager of Blacks and Whites I'd say the heart is still racing 
Yeah, no, the, we, the boys have been leaving it late a bit lately. I'm gonna have to talk to them about that, but just great to get over the line. It was uh, look, it was it was a game like that. You know, Piltown played all the hurling for most of that game, and my lads just dug it out in the last ten minutes. So, what can I say? It's a, it's a panel game nowadays, and four, four subs come on and made a massive difference. And one thing I've noticed in all your games, Eddie, is you stay going right to the end. It's obviously something you've worked on. Yeah, it is. Look, we've, we've said it to the lads that the game's not over until that full-time whistle goes. Like, we've lost games in the last poke of a game where we kind of thought we'd have won. And we've drummed at home that we don't stop, we don't stop. Regardless of what the scoreboard is, if you're 10 points down or 2 points down, you keep going. But there's such an honest bunch of players. Like, it's, it's just a pleasure to be involved with the club because them guys give me everything to have every time they go in the field. And uh, all over the field, you, you have a great mixture of experience and a good flushy youth there as well. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good young lads there after coming in this year and last year. And as you said, a bit of experience, like some Niall Kennedy, Paul Murphy, Jamie and Sennon, they've been, or Sam, they've been around a long time, or Martin Kelly. But even the scene today, like four subs came on, all of them contributed. Ari scored 1-1 in the last three minutes of a county semi-final, I'd say. I'm going to have some job taking him back down off the moon when I go into the dressing room here. And a county final to look forward to. Now, I know, look, you haven't even thought about it just yet, but there is something to savour for the clubs. It is, yeah. No, look, like we've, we've been working for this for four years. I've been involved with this team, and the dream has always been to get to Nolan Park for a semi-final. And when we got there last week, we said to the lads, this isn't where we're stopping. We want to get to a county final. So now we've a, a real hit and hope there. We go up, we play a wine gap, we give it everything we have. We've seen them against Dixborough. They're a team that don't lie down. They're very good. We know we're going to be up against it. We were underdogs today. We'll be underdogs in two weeks, but we'll give it our best shot. Thanks very much, Eddie, and well done. Thanks a million, thank you. That was Kieran talking about his scally. Well done to the Blacks and Whites, and good luck to both teams in the final. Now, before we uh, go, thanks, Benjamin, for your uh, text. Uh, we appreciate it very much. You're uh, surprised but delighted with the Dansfort victory, and you spelt, uh, you had an interesting afternoon. Thanks for that. Liam Kelly, before we go to the break, you're not in good form, young O'Rourke. <laughs> no. <laughs> Arsenal have picked up the three points at the Emirates in the uh, third game of the Premier League afternoon. They were 3-2 victors over Liverpool. Elsewhere today, Leeds in action away, Crystal Palace. Palace coming out on top there by two goals to one. West Ham, well, they're back to winning ways after a 3-1 victory over Fulham. And at 7 o'clock from Goodison Park, Everton take on Manchester United. Locally in the St. Canis' Credit Union Premier Division, uh, plenty of goals flying in. Thomastown and Fort Rangers played out a three-all three all draw. Freebooters defeated Clover United in the seven-goal classic by four goals to three, while Evergreen were 2-1 winners away at Bridge United. In Division 1, wins for Dean Celtic. They were 1-0 winners over Lions. In Division 2, it finished 5-3 to St. John's over River Rangers, and Fresher Town defeated Stonyford United 3-0. In the Under-16 Girls' Cup, it finished Carrick United 3, Thomastown United 0, so a disappointment for the Kilkenny side there. And in underage action then, in under-12s, a draw between Spa United and Stonyford, and a win for Bridge United, while in the other games Callan were 4-2 victors away at Lions and East End won comfortably over Evergreen Boys. Thanks Liam, we'll take a break and back with Underage Hurling. The voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday Evening Talksport on CRKC 88.7 FM. And you're very welcome back to the last section of TalkSport. We're going to talk some underage hurling now. And a very close contest it was down in Kilmacow yesterday morning between Mullinabat and the Borough. And uh, Tom O'Hanlon, you were just pipped towards the while You just got pipped at the finish. That's right, yeah. Moonkind, rather than Mullinabat there, Nicky. Oh, sorry. The reason I'm saying Mullinabat, I've something written in front of you about Mullinabat because we were playing it today. Of course, it That's was right. the Borough playing Moonkind in the uh, in the top grade, of course. You don't you don't know what the playing in Ryan C means in Moonkind. Uh, but a good game there, uh, Tom, and uh, you, you, uh, there was not a lot between the two teams. Not really, no. It was a fantastic second half, actually. The first half was where Moonkind lost the game, obviously. 
uh, with the score at half time, one twelve to four points in favour of of Dixborough. Um, a difficult start for everybody in, on a very greasy pitch because uh, Kimikau a new pitch down here, and it was one of the first games played on it. Um, uh, on top of the hill there, it was greasy and early on in the morning of that a lot of slip and slide and was um and uh Dixon got the benefit with an early goal uh through a slip up with one of our defenders and kind of knocked the confidence out of the Munkine lads for the first half and however they regrouped for the second half and put in a fabulous showing there to uh, basically win the second half I suppose but not not the game. It went down to the wire where I suppose the point was always in the game with, with about two minutes to go and then a controversial sixty five was awarded which kind of stung the Munkine lads and, and finished the game off where Dixon got another point to make it one twenty to two fourteen at the end. Uh, some marvellous individual performances on both sides in fairness. Of course I suppose um, a key uh, static statistic from the game, from my point of view, in the in that first half for instance, the six Dixborough forwards and the two midfielders all scored. Whereas Munkine had only the three scores during the whole game in fact. And uh, they had a score from each of those in the in the all right, but um, you know the the strength of Dixborough was really the followers. Sure. Okay. Look, Tom. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. That game. That game ended up. Um, um, Dixborough one twenty. Moonkind two fourteen. And Tom O'Hanlon is always helpful to us for our Sunday evening report. Thank you very much, Tom. Okay, that's Tom O'Hanlon. And uh, the other game in the Rhine saw James Stevens have a pretty comprehensive victory over uh, Dunhamagan. Uh, Barry Henriquez, you have some notes for us on that. Yes, I have. Under 15 semi final, 5.20, sorry, uh, under 21, uh, so, sorry, uh, it's the under 15 semi final. Uh, James Stevens got, had 5.21 against Dunhamagan's 2.5. Kind of a one-sided thing, as the score would suggest. Uh, at half-time, the village led one twelve to three. They started with Zach. Uh, their first goal came scored by Zach Scanlon. There's a name that's familiar to uh, James Stevens players. Got a great pass from Connor Heffernan. Tro- strolled through traffic for about thirty yards and then buried the ball in the back of the net. As I said, at half-time, the village led one twelve to three. Uh, Dermot Brennan. Uh, Dermot Breen and Conor Heffern and they played in the middle of the field kind of lorded it there for the village lads James Bergen was at number 6 and he also had a brilliant brilliant game indeed Noel Cal was the main scorer the scorer of the three points for Dunhamagan at half time uh, the second half didn't get any better for Dunhamagan they never threw in the towel they kept on plugging away but the, con- but the village were the far far better hurling team and why wouldn't they with the pick that they have uh, Conor McAvoy nephew of one of the great he was their free taker uh, Toon Highland was terrific at full forward Zach Scanlon as I've already said Bill McDermott he went to full forward in the latter half of the second half he scored 1-3 sealed the, sealed the victory for the village uh, for Dunhamagan Kieran Hickey Pierce Costello Noel Cal certainly didn't let down the side they tried as hard as they could but by the power of the James Stevens players was far too much for the a game Dunhamagan they James Stevens winning their way to the final 5.21, Dunhamagan 2.5 Thanks for that Barry and thanks to Liam Smith who helped us with that report and of course that is another village and borough county final and uh, tracking a uh, couple of B games as well and uh, Eamon Butler, you were at the uh, Greg Ballycallan Glenmore game today, I was watching it on Twitter and you seemed to be behind in the early stages but you made some great comeback That's right Dickie, yeah, there was horrendous conditions there in Dunhamagan this morning but uh, Glenmore, they raced into an early lead um, and they were after 10 minutes there there were 6 points to, to a point up uh, points there from Robbie Doherty Rory Atkins and Jason Cody uh, along with James Reid and Cormac Neary scoring Greg Valley Callum's point after 
seven minutes. And then after 12 minutes, then they went further ahead when um, they got a goal there when Sean Murphy finished the net. So that put them 1-6 to a point up at that stage. And after that, then Greg Valley Callan uh, just replied nearly almost two minutes later, uh, Ben McAvoy finished the net. So after, um, after like in the first, at the end of the first half, then after scores from from um, Carver Cleary there for Greg Valley Callan and then Jason Cody and Rory Atkins at a point as well, as well as Tony Butler for Greg Valley Callan. So um, at half time, with the strong breeze there, Glenmore led by four points, 1 8 to 1 4 to Greg Valley Callan. Um, straight away in the second half, then. Uh, Glenmore had a 65, which Jason Cody put over the bar. Um, this was followed then by points for Greg Wally Callan from Owen, Car- Owen Carl, Ben McAvoy, and in the 39th minute, um, Ben McAvoy finished the net for his second goal of the game. Um, and at that stage, then it was 2 6 to Greg Wally Callan and 1 10 to, to um, Glenmore, who got their points in the second half, then was from um, their points were scored by James Reid and Rory Atkins, the two boys in the field. So it was kind of nip and tuck then up to about 48 minutes. Um, the game was level uh, 2-8 to 1-11. Points were great by the Callum from Owen Carl and Tom McNeary, while um, James Reid and Rory Atkins then um, added the fours for, for Glenmore. And then after 55 minutes, um, it was 2-10 to Greg Valley Callan. And then they added a couple of more scores again through Owen Carl, Ben McAvoy and Tom McNeary. Um, while in the last quarter then for um, for Glenmore then were added by Sandra Forward, Jason Cody and Rory Atkins again so full time score Nicky was 2-13 Greg Valley Collins 1-13 Glenmore and uh, Michael Tynan put up Valley Collins centre back as did Jack Goddard there for Glenmore in the back position OK Eamon thanks for that very much thanks appreciate that bye-bye. OK thanks that was our own Eamon Butler and uh, yeah, we had our Shane Coogan, our own Shane Coogan was at uh, Thomastown and uh, then more this morning. Or Sorry, Thomastown and Tuller, I think it was. Here's his report and he's in the studio with us tonight. Delighted to have Shane on board here. He's listened to all the off-air stuff too, as well as the on-air stuff. This under-15B semi-final in a wet and windy Dunmore went all the way to the end with only a puck of a ball between both sides. Thomastown full forward Killian McElwee got them off to a great start with a goal after five minutes. And then after 10 minutes, they got their second goal through Conor Barco. The Tuller side got on the scoreboard with three-pointed frees from the hard-running Dean Kinsley. They were all working very hard in turbid conditions. Half-time score, Thomastown 2-3, Tuller 3 points. Second half started with a bang. Tuller raw go, a couple of pointed frees, and then a goal from their dangerous full forward, Sean Hanrahan, who was having a great battle with his marker brought them right back into the game. Then Thomastown got a few points from their excellent midfielder Keane Doherty. But there was more to come. A ball broke from a long ball into the Thomastown area and there was Sean Hanrahan, the full forward for Tuller, to pull on it to the back of the net and that left a couple of points in it. Then, with 10 minutes to go, Tuller drew level with a free from Dean Kinsley. But Thomastown replied with a very good point from Robbie Barron and a free from Keane Doherty. Tuller threw it all at Thomastown goal and got it back to a point, but with their best efforts, they could not get the draw. Best for Tuller were Evan Fitzgerald, Josh O'Connor, Dean Kinsler, and Sean Hanrahan. Best for the winners were Kieran Coon, Keane Doherty, Connor Barco, and Killian McWee.
Final score in Dunmore, Thomastown 2-9, Tuller 2-8. And uh, well done and our thanks to Shane Coogan there. Well, out in Jenkinstown this morning in a very wet <coughs> morning, Emeralds were far too strong beating um, the Dixborough second team, 2-17 to 4 points in the under-15 C final. The Emeralds led the foundation in the early stages. They were 11 points to 2 up at half-time. Uh, they must say that um, Colum, Colum Lawler was very strong for them, Keen Hickey and Daniel Ivers, or Dylan Ivers, they were very strong, but the game really uh, was totally turned on the 12th and 14th minute of the second half with goals from uh, Dylan Ivers and Keane Hickey to put the uh, Emeralds in the driving seat and they ran out very very comfortable winners 217 uh, to 4 points. In the other semi-final Connie Shamrocks made the most effective use of the wind advantage in Bennis Bridge today and defeating Mullinavat to advance to the final obviously the efforts of both teams was commendable in the miserable conditions. Mullinavat enjoyed the advantage of the wind in the opening half but Connie were the team doing most of the attacking. However Connie did not make this count on the scoreboard as effectively they would have liked. Bullivat managed to take full advantage of this and two opportunist goals from Keane Kelly and Adam Fitzpatrick. Connor and Connie's Jack Rattigan did manage to flick the ball to the Mullinabat net in response, but Mullinabat were still leaders 2 1 to 1 2 when the half time whistle sounded. As the second half progressed, Connie slowly but surely began to assert some dominance and were soon rewarded with a goal from Daniel Morris Mooney to open up a five point lead at that stage. A third goal from Evan Staunton later on all but ensured Connie's passage to the final. In all, a fine performance from the winners with Charlie Carroll and John Kennedy strong leaders in the Connie defence, Jack Rattigan and Daniel Mooney being the scorers in chief. Mullinavattle battled hard all through and had some excellent performers in Keane Kelly, Luca Donovan, Louis Madigan and Adam Fitzpatrick. And during the week, Emeralds had even they won today, but they had some agony in the last week. But they also had agony on the Wednesday night in the Dunmore Centre, where they were beaten by St. Lactons after extra time, 111 to 3 points in the Ryan C County final. Emeralds got off to a great start going into a five-point lead uh, to one after five points to one lead after 15 minutes. The freshman lads got back a few points to a freeze from Keane Donnelly and Jerry Bergen. Matched by freeze from Callum Lawler. He was playing today at under 15 for the Emeralds. Keen Donnelly's goal after 20 minutes after long delivery brought Freshford right back into the game. Eight points to one four at half time. A very tight second half with no scores for 20 minutes. An excellent point from Cahill Hickey, matched by an equally good score from Jimmy Clear from play to put Emeralds back in front with a few minutes to go. A free from Keen Donnelly levelled the game with time just up. That put it into extra time, much more open game. A point in the first minute from Michal Hearn, matched by Cahill Hickey for Freshford, and points from Callum Lawler and Jimmy Clear were back balanced out with a pair from Mikey Tiernan for the St. Lactons lads before Rory Hyde got a, a point to put Emeralds ahead by one at half time. Jerry Bergen free to the level to, to level from distance followed by another great point from Cahill Hickey put Freshford ahead for the first time with four minutes to go. Um, Emeralds had a great goal chance blocked by the Freshford goalie Michael Murphy and uh, it was cleared off the line in the last grasp chance to level it went wide and Freshford won by a point. A cracking game and well done to Freshford. Commiserations to the Emeralds boys. They lost that game and they also lost under 13 by a point as well. We packed a lot into the last hour. Delighted with all the lads. Paddy Kelly, Shane Coogan, Barry Henriquez, Liam Kelly O'Rourke and Paddy and Pat Tracy and the cracking games we had in UPMC Lowland Park. We might not be doing live commentaries or live match reports although we are now going to be doing three minutes at half time and three minutes at full time reports on our games but we are going to keep this packing and keep it going every Sunday evening and uh, Monday evening and Friday evening and Sunday and all the rest of it thank everybody who uh, uh, gave us such wonderful support in the last few days we really appreciate it we now know you're listening to us and you appreciate what we're doing thanks to everybody Tommy Dowd is out coming on next with the best in country and Irish here on Community Radio Kilkenny City do stay with Tommy for the next uh, couple of hours he'll have the best in music until we talk again Slán Nagus Bannacht